Welcome to uh, our second podcast. Uh, this is going to be on the subject of the role of the family court. I'd like to introduce you to Adrian Rose, uh, who has been a solicitor specialising in family for 26 years. Have indeed. And a family mediator for 22 years. That's right. And I'd like to introduce you to Fiona Moffat, who is also a family solicitor, uh, who has been a family solicitor for 41 years and also is a collaborative lawyer. We'll That's talk about right. what that might mean in another podcast. Yeah. So we thought it'd be uh, interesting to talk about uh, the role of the family court. Uh, it, to be fair, it has hit the press quite a lot recently about court delays and uh, the processes perhaps being cumbersome. That's right. Um, but I think perhaps uh, we should just summarise the circumstances in which when there is a relationship breakdown, um, when the family court would become involved, mm -hmm. or why we would have to involve the family court. That's right. yeah. uh, so, uh, broadly speaking, mm -hmm. and Adrian's going to now add some flesh on the bones, uh, you would potentially go to court uh, in respect of divorce proceedings, uh, although very often not go to court for divorce yep. proceedings. Um, for matters to do with sorting out finances on divorce. That's right, yeah. More often, perhaps, would go to court for that than... Than divorce just, itself. Yeah. Absolutely. Itself. That's right, yeah. Um, matters arising to do with arrangements for children. Exactly, yeah. I think that's probably the most common one of the... Of yes. Them. Yeah, I think that, that is, that is uh, a focus for the family courts at the moment, yes. is actually trying to move a backlog of those cases That's along. Right. Yes. Um, it's, it's acknowledged that there is a significant backlog at the moment. That's right. yeah. uh, there are also other proceedings relating to children where the local authority has become involved uh, and they will always be going to court. Um, and By local authority, you mean social services? Social services, yes. Yeah. 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 Shall we talk about the divorce heading first? Because in a way, that's the easiest one yeah. to talk about. It's probably the most straightforward one. Yes. Um, divorce at the moment now is very straightforward. And it's probably the case that you will never have to go to the family court or to see a judge. Applications for divorce are almost always online, uh, done by a portal, um, a website created by the government for this purpose. What do you think about the portal, Adrian? As with most websites, when it works, it works wonderfully well. And I, I think I'll leave the rest of the sentence just hanging uh, people to draw their own conclusions. <laughs> On a personal level, I struggle with the portal, yeah. I'm going yeah. to be honest. I find it very difficult to find what I'm looking for yeah. on the portal. Yeah. Uh, so, in essence, uh, a portal is, is sort of like a virtual case. It is. Uh, and you can log into it using the appropriate case number uh, and you can uh, look at the status... Yeah, how far your case has got. Of your case. And what you need to yes. do to move it forward. Yes, yeah. well... And yes. when you can move it forward. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The only trouble is, is that when you log in, yeah. very often, you can't find your case. Okay. That's what I find right. difficult. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So clearly, user error. Uh, it may be user error. Uh, it... There going off on an entirely different tangent that that may be because uh, how the case was set up in the first place oh, right. and how it was assigned oh, right. um, 
Well, I think we'll leave that one there for, for another time. For another let's time. not get too yeah, technical. Absolutely. It. Just take it that I can't find my way around the portal. Yeah, let's let's leave that one there. For okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, as far as um, a divorce application is concerned, I say it's it's generally very straightforward. Yeah. Um, it's a question if you're using a lawyer of the lawyer essentially putting the the details in for you, getting you to then approve the draft application for the divorce. And what about the marriage certificate? What happens with oh, that now? You still need the marriage certificate and generally the original one or a certified copy of it. And if you got married abroad, then a translation of it too, uh, just to prove that you've been married. And what, what happens at the end? Do you get your divorce certificate back, your uh, marriage certificate back? Well, you do now. Yes. Because um, you, you never used you to. You didn't used to. No, it used to go into the court and disappear forever. Uh, but yes, because of how we have to upload a copy of the marriage certificate or whatever it is to the, to the portal... Once that's been done, it, you can return it to, to the client and they can have it back. So, yeah. Because in the old days, you never ever used to see your marriage certificate again. It you used to go to court and you got a, yeah. a decree absolute. That's right. Uh, and you never saw your marriage certificate yeah, again. Some people asked for it, but we we weren't in a position to release it back to We, we never could. We never no. could. So, yeah, that's progress. Who knows? Uh, so, yeah, um, as far as the divorce itself is concerned, which is separate from how money and how children are dealt with, you'll probably never have to go to court. Mm. Uh, and again, we'll talk about this in another podcast, but um, the process is very straightforward now, almost administrative only. Uh, just takes a lot of time. What do you think about? Taking a lot of time? No, about the process being like, very straightforward. Um, I think it's a good idea. Mm. Yeah. Um, Don't you think people have lost that sense of... Seriousness? Yes. No. No, I don't, because... Um, I don't think anyone would make that application um, without having considered the consequences of it. Mm. Because the old old law was very much on making sure that people really took it seriously. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there were considerations about public policy as to whether or not you could get divorced too quickly, yeah. too easily. Yeah. And you're now very much in the camp that says, get on with it, are you? Um, and, yeah. 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 And, and again, I know we, we talk about this in another podcast, but... Um, it has to be an easier process mm. when a, when a relationship when a marriage is over. You people tell me you need to get out with it as much out of that relationship with as much dignity as possible. Mm. And if we can remove complications, if we can make it straightforward, then it's got to be the way forward. So it's a positive for it's, you. It's a positive. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Shot oh, <gasps> to take a breath. I don't know. I still feel a little bit of. Um, nostalgia really for the for the old way of doing it but I do accept the delays were unacceptable yeah. and I do think that a lot of frustration crept in when people were just being deliberately obstinate Didn't, or denied a divorce yeah. in a yeah. horrible horrible situation yeah, yeah. 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 absolutely yeah. so as far as divorce goes should be straightforward no need to attend court yeah <laughs> different from how money and children are treated undoubtedly However, with both of those, if you can reach an agreement, whether it's about money or children, the court will probably never see you and you'll probably never have to go into a court building. Mm. As far as children go, that's probably the easy one there. Again, we, we talked about it in another podcast, but if you can make arrangements, they're your business and those of the other parents, no one else's, get on with it, Yeah, basically. As far as money goes, if you can reach an agreement, most people will say to us, we want that to be legally binding so we can't come back and ask for more in the future. Or importantly, the other person can't come back and ask for more in the future. 
And again, you have a court order that says that as part of the divorce, but slightly separate from it, um, to bring that to an end too. And again, that's done on this portal um, that we've got mixed feelings about perhaps. And um, again, never any need to go to court. Mm. However, we probably would like to help clients and potential clients understand that there are cases that do have to go to court for all sorts of reasons. And you've touched on one where social service role with families, and we perhaps leave that for another day other than yes, with yeah. a cursory talk about it. But where we've got children arrangements where parents can't agree what those arrangements might be, or where people can't make decisions about the money themselves, then those cases do almost always end up before some part of the family justice system. And Fiona, you can perhaps help us understand then what judges that might come before and what they might expect when they come to a court building. Yes. Well, I mean, the, the, there are levels of, of judiciary who will deal with family cases. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are magistrates yeah. who will deal with what what are generally considered to be the more straightforward cases. Yeah. And that's that. normally children cases. That's normally children cases. It might, it might not be a fair yeah. assessment, yeah. but certainly... Uh, they will um, spend a lot of time considering matters and yeah. they will always give a decision as to why yeah. they have made an order of one variety or another. Yeah. Uh, and then um, higher up would be a district judge yeah. uh, and then above that level would be a circuit judge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and at the very highest level with very complex cases involving international law or deprivation of liberty or some of those kinds of things. Complex and bigger financial assets. Complex cases, yeah. yes, it would go to a high court judge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but generally speaking, most of the work is done at district judge level and sometimes at magistrate's court level. Right. If there are divorce proceedings, though, um, they will nearly always go back up to district judge yeah. because yeah. they that's where the court process is happening in that level of court. So if a person worried about going to a court building because they've probably never been before mm. what might they expect when they go to see magistrates or one of these district judges mm -hmm. well in each of the court buildings these days obviously there are security arches yeah. that you would have to go through you have to submit to being searched mm -hmm. um, nothing to worry about it's nothing personal it's just no routine. everyone has to go through even it. lawyers yeah. even lawyers unless you have a little magic card that gets you through but yeah. even lawyers yeah. Um, and uh, it's just a process. You just have to allow a bit of extra time because you can't just walk straight into the building. Yeah. You'll have to go through that security arch. Yeah. Uh, when you get into the court building, um, you will find that there is normally an usher yeah. who will normally direct you to the court room where you're going to be yeah. um, involved. Yeah. Uh, and they will help you to to find your way around the court building. And, and find your lawyer, perhaps. Find your lawyer, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then once you've hooked up with your lawyer and you're there and you know what's what's happening, yeah. um, you can then uh, just engage in the process, really, and yeah. hopefully not not a lot of it will come as a surprise because we will nearly always prepare our clients yeah. for what is going to happen at the build at the yeah. court building. How long they might uh, be Give there. advice yeah. beforehand. Yeah. Yes, give advice as to the options open to the court. Uh, give advice as to their stance and whether or not that's a reasonable stance to adopt. Yeah. Uh, and uh, generally speaking, um, help them as much as we possibly can yeah. in that process. Yeah. Um, in terms of the, the court process, what we haven't mentioned mm. is the payment of court fees. Yeah. 
So to engage in that process, to actually get... To make your application. Yes, to, to get make, you into court. To make yeah. the application, there's almost certainly going to be a court fee involved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and some people um, find that a bit odd, mm -hmm. but that's a fact of life. Yeah. And to actually issue an application, a court fee will be expected, yeah. uh, including divorce. That's right. And then they vary from case to case, depending on what type it is and what you're asking the court to do. So, yes. Again, we can help you understand that. Yeah. Factor that into your decisions when you make your application. Yes. Yeah. 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 And what if I'm frightened about seeing my former partner partner across the courtroom? Well, um, you can um, raise that as an issue beforehand, and you mm. can ask for what we would call special measures, yeah. uh, which would involve potentially a separate entrance to the court yeah. building. Yeah. Uh, certainly a, a room for you to sit in that would be uh, not in the general waiting area. Um, and then when you actually go into court, uh, sometimes screens would be yeah. erected, sometimes there's a curtain, yeah. uh, but you would not have to look at your former partner yeah. Yeah. Uh, and watch their facial expressions when you're giving information to the court yeah. or uh, not, not feel part of any potentially intimidating behavior so you would be protected from that and if you have asked for special measures on one occasion uh, and the judge has approved it or the magistrates have approved it then the chances are that you would get it on every subsequent occasion as well so you don't have to worry about that whole issue of 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 potential intimidation potential harassment during the yeah. court hearing yeah. and if a client thinks that's going to be a problem just let us know yes basically and we can ask the court to, to help them that as well yeah it, it is it's becoming more common i think for all sorts of different reasons um but again most clients when they know they've got their lawyer with them they're quite happy happy perhaps not the right word but quite they're able to participate in the process because they know they've got the support of that experienced family lawyer with them who's done this probably a thousand times before yes i mean i've dealt with a case recently where there were some very serious allegations that have been made against one of the parties and as a result of that um, the alleged perpetrator uh, was a remote attender yeah, yeah. did not actually come into the court building he attended yeah. by um, CVP which video is what link. it's called yeah. but video link yeah, yeah. Uh, and that meant that um, the person who had made the allegations could feel content yeah. uh, that she would not meet him yeah it would only yeah. be on a screen. Yeah. And when we were in the courtroom, the screens were erected in such a way that she didn't, he would have no view of her in the courtroom yeah. as well. Yeah. So he was not even in the building. Yeah. And that eased the process yeah. considerably because yeah. she was reassured that she wouldn't have to face him. Yeah. And the court is the court, the judge, the magistrate, happy that they can take that evidence, they can hear what the people have to say and make decisions and make those fully informed decisions that affect these people's lives yeah. um, in a safe way yeah. that everyone's reassured by. I mean, I'd also say that I think the court, the role of the family court, uh, is part of that process. Yeah. In that, I think the judge or magistrates would be very, very careful yeah. to make sure that whoever is coming before them uh, has a fair hearing. Yeah, it's yeah. really important yeah. to say that because they, they generally do not allow bad behaviour yeah. in the yeah. courtroom. So you can reassure people that there will be that protection, yeah. not only from what we would do, yeah. but also from the family courts as well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
Shall we break down the two types of case that we normally see in court that a mm. client might expect? Um, so if we're looking at children matters, so disputes between parents about division of time yes. or specific issues like schooling or name changes, mm. what, what sort of process might a client expect to see and how long might it take? So most of the cases would mm. be referred to mediation. Yeah, to start with. To start with. Yeah. Uh, and if matters could be resolved in mediation, so much the better, yeah. uh, because a negotiated um, agreement is far, far better. And more likely to be stuck to. And more likely to be stuck to than something imposed. Yes, yeah. yeah. um, But if an application is made, yeah. um, there's an organisation called CAFCAST, yeah. which we can talk about again in more detail on another occasion, but it is the Court Family Advisory Service. Yeah. Uh, they would be asked to um, what would be called screen yeah. a case uh, to look at um, the suitability of the case as to whether or not CAFCAS will become involved. Yeah. So we're looking at safeguarding and the background safeguarding issues. Safeguarding and all the background issues. And then um, they would make a recommendation to the judge as to whether or not there was a role. Yeah. And if not, yeah. the, the case would simply proceed along a normal track where there would be an initial appointment before yeah. the court. The judge would try to work out what the issues were between the parties. So you see all these funny little initials on these things, don't we? You've got a mm. FHDRA and mm. kind of thing, first that's hearing right. directions appointment. Yes, that's right. All it just basically means is let's get everybody together and see what yeah. we can do, if we yeah. can reach an agreement. Yeah, yeah. see yeah. what we can do. Yeah. And then if not, if things aren't managed to be resolved yeah. on that occasion, then it would potentially go to a dispute resolution appointment yeah. uh, where the judge would be more proactively involved yeah. in trying to... Um, come to an arrangement yeah. that would be satisfactory to the to the people, yeah. to the parents. I would say at this stage the clients that judges like to get their hands dirty. Yeah. And get into the nitty gritty yeah. of what's yeah. going on. They do yeah. they like to give a view. They have to give a view. Because that's their job. And they yeah. like to direct yeah. the at that point yeah. as to what they think would be a fair solution. And and, and that's really important yeah. actually. And by that stage you might have had that full Kafka's investigation, so a report with recommendations. Yes. You might have had to do a statement setting out your case for the court. Yes. So everyone knows where they are before they go to that appointment. So yes. the judge or the magistrates can be really helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Usually one would like to have a fairly brief statement yeah. as well. I Sometimes think, called a position statement. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I think some people want to really sort of... Um, Start writing War and Peace. Yeah. Uh, and actually, that's normally the lawyers. Uh, yeah. But what we really need is more like bullet points yeah. of what are the issues. Yeah. Uh, and then it's much, much simpler for us to actually try and assist with that. And we're seeing that more. I mean, the court yes. targets. Yes. Please tell us about this in your statement. Yes. Please, and keep it limited to yes. five pages. Yes. And sometimes yeah. the court actually directs five yeah, pages exactly. of A4, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so the idea would be that um, as far as possible, you would agree things. Yeah. If you can't, yeah. then as a last resort, the court would issue um, directions for a final oh, hearing. Yeah. The problem with that is, at the moment, is the delay. Yeah. Yeah. It can take up to six months easily to get a hearing yeah. in excess of a day. Yeah. It can easily yeah. take that long. And I think po people don't really realise that then everything remains on hold. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it impacts on the financial aspects of the case as well until issues can be resolved at a final hearing. And yeah. so there can be a massive amount of delay that then builds in. Yeah. And that's really not good for, for the family. Any, for no, no, it's not good. And it, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but at any stage in the process, if you can reach an agreement, it can end. Yes. And you can ask the court to make an order by consent, as we lawyers put yes. so to record an agreement. Yeah. And the thing, the case can stop and you can move on with your lives. Yes. And hopefully that's an end of, the yes. involvement of the family court with you and your children. 
Yes. I mean, some of these cases can literally go on for years. They can go on for years. And that isn't helpful for any child. The money side of it. Do you want me to do with that? Yeah, you go for it. We'll have a look at that. A similar sort of process. These cases mostly deal with the district judges in what was the county court, which is now a level of the family court. And when you make your application, the court will give you a timetable, basically. So we'll talk about this in more detail in another podcast, but it's financial disclosure. So lots of information about what you've got, what you haven't got if there are debts, what you might have. Again, so the court can make fully informed decisions about how your financial resources and obligations are divided between you. That's called for me. It's a, a beast of a form. Pe- <laughs> people either love it or hate it, depending on their particular persuasion. It's a bit like filling in a tax return, it, I think. People have uh, traumas about it. <laughs> it it's, 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 a, it's a beast of a form and you're required to do bank statements and all sorts of information. But again, there's a reason for that because we need to know what there is and the court needs to know what there is before we can say this is how you divide these things up. Mm. And normally that's about 8, 12 weeks after you make your application or rather after the court process your application because again there's normally about a month's delay there. Once you have both, so both normally man and wife have filled in their forms and swapped them so you exchange them, you then still have to do another set of documents that says basically what you want the court, the judge to do at your first appointment. So very much like the FHDRA in the children proceedings, it's another interim hearing where the court looks at what it's got, tries to help you agree things, and if you can't agree things, then helps you move forward to the next stage. So with finance cases, you might need some help. So you might need a pensions expert to look at the value of pensions. You might need a valuer to value your family home. You might need other experts in more complicated cases like accountants, look at tax and all those sorts of things. Again, to make sure we know what we've got and everything's covered and crossed off before you make your final decisions. Because these are life decisions and this is your chance Mm. to make sure everything is done. So again, the court, if it hasn't got enough information at that first hearing, will say, we need this, this is when we want it by, please come back for this thing called a financial dispute resolution. People call it FDRs for obvious reasons. And that's the stage again where the judges get their hands dirty, mm-hmm. offer their opinions, uh, indications as they're called. Mm-hmm. And normally they can be a couple of hours, sometimes a day with complicated cases. Mm-hmm. And the judge will help you try and resolve things. Only again, much like the children proceedings, then if you can't get an agreement, will you have a final hearing where you probably will give evidence to the judge in probably the traditional sense that you see on television. You'll be put in the box and cross-examined. And then the judge will make the decision for you about you and your family. I mean, it's hard to give a percentage, isn't it, of cases that go to final hearing. Tiny. But it's a tiny percentage. I mean, I think people would be quite surprised that that really... Single figures. I was going to say, it's definitely less than 10%, I would say. I think it's probably less than 5%. So the chances are that although we're now talking about the role of the family court and what it might be like and all of that, the the chances are you probably won't end up having to go. Yeah. Most cases I see, we see, people sort things out themselves, sort themselves out with a bit of help, whether it's a lawyer, a mediator, some other process. Mm. And we as family lawyers simply formalise and make things legally binding. Mm. The vast majority of cases are dealt with like that, are dealt with quickly, cost effectively. It's only the majority, the smaller majority that then go to court and people have to go and see a judge or magistrate. And then a very tiny proportion of those that you have a final hearing. Mm. 